Hello and welcome to Kaylon Harrison. Won't shut their mouths. They won't shut up. How are you, Kayla? I'm pretty good. Uh, how are you? I'm good, all things considered. This, this is our second week in a row recording. Can you believe this? Uh, we're the most organized people I've ever met in our own lives. I've never met a podcast more organized and well and better produced than ours. No, I've I've never I can say this with pretty dope clarity that I've never listened to a podcast that's more organized or better scheduled or produced than ours. I believe you. <laughs> You've convinced me. The secret there is I don't really listen to other podcasts. That's the secret. Oh well, don't give everyone your secrets away. Oh God! <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. Um, I want to talk about something before we talk about the film. Today. Let's do it. And it's related, for the record. Is it about a ghost? Uh, kind of. Go on. Do you remember the Snapchat I sent you earlier today? Which one? <laughs> I don't send you that many Snapchats. No, I only say that because, um, for all of our viewers out there, I am not an avid Snapchatter. Sometimes yeah. you send me Snapchats and I wonder if you mean to send them or if they're just generic Snapchats and somehow I'm getting alerted to it. That happens no, with no, literally no, anytime... everyone I'm friends with on Snapchat. I'm like, do well, you not me. I'm like, do you think I use this? I go out of my way to add you to my snip snaps. Well, I appreciate I don't, you. I don't. I, I. I. think after the end of every snip snap, is this something Harrison would be interested in? Oh, that's would very they sweet. want to know this? Yeah, I, I'm a sweet person. Well, so. I appreciate. Now I feel bad. So what? What did you send me? Remind me. <laughs> Remind the viewers. Let them in. <laughs> I sent you an image of this Forbes article. That was titled, um, what are, what's the scariest movie according to science? Yes. And I my did caption that. was, yes. And my caption was, tell me I shouldn't make this into a lesson for my science students. You should. Um, I think I'm going to, because it's relevant because it's an experiment and that's part of science. And also I want to, but the reason I wanted to bring this up now is because I want to talk a little bit about this experiment in the context of today's movie. And I wanted to ask you what you think, according to their metrics, the scariest movie is. But I had, to, I had to explain the, the metrics first. Okay, tell me. Okay. So I forget even who does it, um, who did it. Some random media company I've never heard of in my life. But basically, they picked 50 horror wow. movies, and it was like an aggregate of the top 50 horror movies from... A bunch of places online like um, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and it seems like maybe some Buzz BuzzFeed lists. I don't know. Hmm. They basically averaged out top fifty like horror movies. Okay? okay, so they started with those, and then they got fifty people. So their sample size, you know, relative to an experiment, was pretty small. And they don't say was it fifty horror fans. Was it 50 people who were kind of afraid of horror movies? I see. Was it, was it 50 truly random people? Were they kind of maybe truly a diverse mix of 50 people? It doesn't say, because this is just for fun. But it's interesting. So then the way they determined the scariest movie was they took, the, um, they took two heartbeat metrics. So, okay, so they took the baseline oh. of, your, of the 50 people's heart rates during a film, and then they compared it to as high as it would go, right? Hmm. And so what they ended up doing was 
the highest average um, beats per minute of the audience's hearts during the film. That's what they determined was the, made it the scariest. So, like, whichever one had the highest average beats per minute for the average of all of their hearts rates, that was the scariest film. And it was Human Centipede. It was not Human Centipede, but I bet that was one of the top 50. Oh, actually, no. Who would put that in the top 50 <laughs> of any horror list? What am I forking talking about? Um, let me let me just pull this up. I just want you to guess. I want you to guess, and I want to also explain, as I'm going to explain to my students when I teach this as a lesson, because I'm a dope science teacher, not, um, is that what this was a true marker of, which is the most consistent and effective jump scares really oh when you think of right okay so then i want you to guess what the number one was the ring no that's a good guess though because i would have said that well actually i guess that technically only has one jump scare it's Um, a bad one i hate that jump scare the closet no i've never the closet no the closet scene in the ring Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, that's the one. Uh, my friends in middle school used to pause the, like, VHS or DVD or whatever we had of The Ring on that Ugh. screen. That got me in theaters. Oh, I hated it. I hated um, it. I hated it real bad. A jump scare. I, was it paranormal activity or something? You know, I mean, the way you say or something, you're basically right, except you're not because it wasn't paranormal activity. But I'll give you a really good hint. Okay. This is this helped Michael guess and this helped some of my other friends guess because I've been bothering people with this all day. I love it. Okay. I thought the number one movie was the same movie as the number two movie. And today I learned that they are two separate films. Two separate films that I've seen but have completely meshed together in my mind. And the number two movie is Insidious. Oh, okay. Um, That does not help. (laughs) Okay, so then maybe you're, in your mind, these two films have meld together so much that they're genuinely one movie in your head. The only movie that that reminds me of is Sinister. It is Sinister. It's Sinister. (laughs) Which... Yeah, a movie to review another time. Um, <laughs> not a fan. Isn't that interesting, though? It is interesting. So it was Sinister had a heart rate, an average heart rate of 86 beats per minute. And the highest spike for one of their jump scares was 131. Is The Conjuring on the list? The Conjuring is number three. Oh. And Hereditary is number four. I was going to say Hereditary as well. So that's interesting because, okay, so Ari Aster has one film on the list. And then, um, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name now? Oh, so the... the Who did uh, The Conjuring? Insidious. Um, I, he's mentioned in the article because they're like basically the king of jump scares and the king of making it's everyone scared. It's not Ronnie Yu. Is, it's, um, no, it's um, James Wan. James Wan. Duh. Duh. That makes sense. I mean... Yes. He's an effective director. You know what? Obviously, he's effective. He's got a formula down. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. And I want to remind everyone listening that I teach 12-year-olds, and I still want to do this scary movie scientific method lesson on 
the day before Halloween. You should definitely make them watch Sinister. And I'm going to. That's part of it. We have to. Yes. <laughs> and Human Centipede, just for shits and giggles. Uh, which... <laughs> no pun have we Have we met... Ew. Jesus. Have <laughs> we mentioned on this podcast that you made me watch Human Centipede and I was so scared we watched it on Fast Forward? Oh, it's because you were scared? I, I watched it on Fast Forward because I knew it was going to be awful. Okay, well, it, it worked out for me. It's scared isn't the right word. Like, I don't think my heart rate would have been high. Like, if, if I was part of the sample group, I wouldn't have disproportionately put Human Centipede up. It's just, it's such a disgusting premise, and the dread I felt was so intense, I could mm. barely handle watching it. Yeah, I think that's interesting, because certain people just can't stomach things like that. Like, I can't stomach it not because I think it's disturbing, but I can't stomach it because I know that it's trash, and so I don't want to give it my <laughs> full attention, which is why I watch it on Fast Forward. <laughs> Aw, what a fun memory of us in college. <laughs> so today, the reason I thought that was relevant to today's movie because is because we're talking about Host. Yes, which is the exact same movie we reviewed last week. So you're in store for a repeat episode. <laughs> Host, which is actually not the same movie, was... I haven't had a movie in years where I was so scared that Michael at one point like grab like held on to me without me reaching for him and he kind of like put his hand on my head like it's okay you don't have to look that's how scared I was Aww. during this movie Michael <laughs> that hasn't happened for years that used to happen with every scary movie we watched and then I became the horror queen I am today mm -hmm. except for this film this film brought me right back brought you right back what so what about it well how do, well, let's, let's get let's, into it first let's yeah. get into it first mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um this movie as kayla mentioned is called host it is a shutter original mm -hmm. which for a lot of people including myself would either make or break even giving it a chance <laughs> um it was released this very year just a few months ago and was filmed entirely over quarantine Mm -hmm. Which we pretended was real wasn't real last episode, but oh yeah, I guess we have to acknowledge we it kind now. of have to acknowledge reality now. So as much as <laughs> most of the country isn't, um, so host was it's a shorter film. It's only an hour long, um, and it's what I think um, it would call itself a found footage film, but it doesn't. I, it's almost... Have you ever seen the film Unfriended? No, I have not. Well... Wait, or maybe you, I have. Unfriended was... It's all on uh, cell phones? It's like a combination of of cell phones and computers. and But it's, it's the same kind of idea where it's not... I guess maybe Unfriended is more like, this was recovered by police. And so it is a found footage. Oh, but, okay. But, I was thinking but, of another one called like, Mr. Jingles or something. What was the one where they end up in like a warehouse in the end and it's stalking them through the cell phone? Oh, I have no idea. I wish Michael was here. I was also thinking of Searching, the one with my hero John Cho in it. Mm, also a similar. Pr it's like um, the idea is that it's 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 as if there was one computer and you're you're watching one computer's feed for the duration of the film, right? And that's what Host is. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. Unlike Unfriended, which is more like a cobbling together, it's all... Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
it's yeah. found in the in in so far that like we're not aware of how it's found or how it's presented, but we're you know within the rationale of the film, this has been discovered by someone, and we are now viewing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember what that movie was called. It was called like it's it's someone's name. It's a monster movie, kind of. It came out a few years ago, um, and it's a group of friends who get a text from a random number and then download the app and then the app like attacks them or something i i can say pretty definitively now that i don't know what you're talking about well it is absolutely absurd so it is not on my recommended list but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's similar in how it's presented that it's found footage well i have a confession to make about searching what is searching the john cho movie oh i already forgot it (laughs) oh I was just going to confess, because I can't lie, that I, I never watched it. I just really like looking at pictures of John Cho. Well, that's something that everyone listening should be aware of. <laughs> they it's probably never gonna do. never going to change. <laughs> because it's just Alita, and Alita knows. <laughs> yes. Um, shout out. Um, all right, so let's so, break down the premise of this movie. Why don't you go yeah, ahead? I will. So this is So basically, like Harrison mentioned... It is a somewhat found footage film. It's short. Shutter made it, and it was filmed during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I say that as if it's over. It is not. <laughs> and will it ever be? In any case, what are we, month seven right now? Yeah. Uh-huh. Anywho, the premise is that there is a girl, um, the main girl. I watched this movie last night, and I can't tell you the, the, the name of the main girl. Haley. Jesus. Haley is someone who, you know, believes in, like, occult stuff and has talked to a medium and has done seances with a medium before. And you don't really know why, but she has invited her friends into a Zoom seance. And it's it's not a seance for, like, they're trying to reach one person, which would be more typical, I think. Like, they all had a friend that they're trying to reach... It was more like a general seance where they all had vague ideas that there might be someone that they might want to talk to in the afterlife, maybe. And the whole film is from the perspective of Haley's computer. So the whole film is a Zoom call from this first character's computer, which is pretty neat the way they managed to do that. It never goes to another app. Um, it never switches to someone else's Zoom. It's always from Haley's computer. So it gives the sense of one of these apps that screencasts, right? And it's just, you just, this really happened and it's just straight up what happened for an hour. Which I thought was going to be laborious to watch. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Yeah. I think, I'm really curious. I would be interested if anyone who has not watched Zoom watches this movie and is it resonates as much as someone who does because i'm for my job um i have regular zoom calls Mm -hmm. um and it's i think that's like partly what was so effective is what you're talking about with the time Mm -hmm. um it's like an it's an important element with zoom for a number of reasons but let's uh we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes Mm -hmm. so they all join up on ye old zoom (laughs) and they have a seance and with like a typical sort of 
stereotypical hippy dippy medium is leading them and there's all these kinds of like you hear them joking about the medium before she even logs on about like oh the astral plane like take mm -hmm. a shot anytime you know she uses these funny medium words um and Which then you like just... maybe just don't heckle the person you're about to have a supernatural <laughs> well time and with. that that obviously kind of ends up being one of the morals of the film right yeah um one friend in particular isn't taking it very seriously. And that's the friend who it's established at the very beginning is the only one who lives really close to the host, Haley. Host also being... The Zoom host. The Zoom host, which is language, you know, specific to the app. Mm -hmm. But also, this is a ghost movie. So it has a lot of implications here. Yes. Especially since at one point the medium says, don't worry about being possessed. It's not scary. It'll be fine. Do you remember that at one point? Yeah. And she wildin'. Like, mm. She wildin'. Salen is wildin'. Wasn't that her name? Mm. Salen, yes. Salen is the medium's name. She was wildin'. Um, so they reach out to Salen. Mm -hmm. Salen says, let's do a seance. <laughs> they proceed to do a seance, and then classic zoom problem her uh -huh. connection fades out as yes. we see some sort of blip of some what appears to be a creature drop into the frame right what was that her. what was that never determined never determined so we're led to believe salen isn't reachable so we think that little golem or whatever it was got her mm -hmm. presumably yes Return to Zoom call. Well, th see, and then that's what's so great is because obviously you don't see what's happening to Salen. All you you literally see it in real time. You see something indistinguishable happening on her feed, and then she leaves the call. And so everything you process, you're processing with the other members of the Zoom call, the characters in the film. Again, this is something that I thought was I was going to get sick of, but I did not. Yeah, it was. And, I, it was effective. Perhaps it would not have been effective had it been longer than an hour. Yes. So um, Gemma, mm -hmm. Gemma is Gemma. the, I would argue, like the second lead. Yes, um, I would agree with that. She's not the host, but she's the friend of the host. And she's a non-believer of, or she's a skeptic, I should say, of supernatural mm -hmm. activity. And she's the one who's established to live nearby at the beginning of the film. Yes. Yes. And she pulls a little old prank. A little old prank on Salen. Sorry, it's a British <laughs> film. I should have said that from the beginning. Um, it is a British film, which is <laughs> weird. People in England talk funny. Although, is I don't think anyone in the film is British. It has a British accent. All the actors don't they... have English accents. And not Welsh English. Oh, okay. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You either talk Harry Potter or you don't talk Harry Potter, am I right? They were talking American. Okay. America. So Gemma plays a little prank where she pretends that she is talking, she's communicating with someone. And this is before, Is this, this is after Salem drops out of the call? This is before. This is before. Because Salen right. 
Salen assumes that, which I did too. I, I will say I bought it. And I even remember telling Michael, I was like, this film isn't long enough for this character to be faking anyone out. This must be a real thing that she's experiencing. Because how could it, how could it be a fake out when this is a 56 minute long film? Yeah, true. Every but, second counts in a Zoom call. But, oh my God. Me and Salen were both played for fools, Harrison. We all were. Yes. Because Gemma says that she feels something on her neck. She hears a name. She hears the name Jack. And and she's she's upset because Jack is a is a boy she knew in school and he was nice to her when she got injured this one time, but later in life he, he hung himself. And and that's kind of how she's setting it up. And then right after they're they're processing that, I believe, is when Salen loses the call. Yes. And then Jim is like, LOL, that was a lie. Yes. Um, and Haley, the girl who started the seance, is upset because clearly she's the one who believes in seances and she's the one who thought that they could do one over Zoom. Yes. And be- there's the two girls who were actually afraid of ghosts. They're yes. not sure if they believe in ghosts, but they're afraid. Yeah. So then some spooky shit starts happening. Someone's glass breaks. Yes. A chair is pulled. Gemma's candle's blown out. Oh, yes. The candle blows out. And mm-hmm. then arguably the creepiest, the first, well, the second creepiest thing to happen mm-hmm. up until that point mm-hmm. is that one of the characters goes up into the attic because she claims that she hears something. Yes. And as she's turning the computer, we see the feet of someone who is presumably hanged in the attic. Yes. And it's, it's, she puts her phone, you assume she's on a phone or something and she puts it on a selfie stick and kind of sticks it up into the, into the attic and twirls it around. So you don't know that she sees it, but the rest of them do see it. And you kind of think that they're, they're too scared to tell her. They don't want to tell her. Or they're, or they're, it's one of those things where it happens so quickly. They're like Mm -hmm. confused by what they saw. Yes. Yes. I thought that was pretty effective. Yeah. It was it was very much like, why would you go up there when you don't have to? In reality, you would get a stick and put your camera on the stick and you would stick that stick up in the attic if you didn't just leave the house, which is what I would have done. And of course, what Michael and I kept saying this whole time. Just leave just the house. Just leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> leave a your col- parent behind who's downstairs <laughs> uh, cooking dinner or whatever that granted. man was doing. It's a classic uh, scary movie audience reaction just leave the goddamn house yeah oh and something also (laughs) worth mentioning so if anyone is a zoom user knows you can make your background a location that you currently aren't so one of the people the people who looked up into the attic had programmed Mm -hmm. her background to be cycling through this video of her walking in so it's like into the background that she really was in yeah so it's like a play on two people being in the room and that got me that got me because you that forget about comes, it. It's subtle. Yeah, you forget that she did that, that she set up her background to be a video a loop of her entering her own room behind her. You forget that, and that comes back later, which I think leads us up to, like, the second most horrifying jump scare of the film. Go for it. Which is that as things are falling apart, you know, the, the there's five there's five girls who are doing this, five women who are doing this, right? 
And one and by one, per- they... one person who left the chat as soon as it started because his connection was bad. Right, right. Or no, because his girlfriend kept interrupting to smooch oh, him, right. and he had a smoking hot girlfriend. So he's gone from the very get go. I don't think he even. Well, he's maybe there at the very, very, very beginning. He maybe sets it up for Salen to show that this group of of, of of young adults don't actually take this very seriously. Yeah. But I thought the, the most effective jump scare, because the feet in the attic were a pretty standard jump scare, but what really got me was when you, the almost the exact moment where they say, hey, wait a minute, like, like so-and-so, whoever the girl is who has the looping background, um, Caroline. They're like, Caroline, like, stop, put, like, stop it come over here and talk to us and you you realize the audience realizes wait a fucking minute this is that looping background she has it's so subtle and it's so effective that you don't realize it i think until that split second when all the characters in the film realize it and at that almost exact moment that thing that happens when you're on a uh, on a virtual call on the computer where your background distorts what's in the foreground it gets confused right so you as the human being can be like the edges of your hair, the edges of your face, your clothes get distorted. And all of a sudden into the foreground of that background is Caroline herself in real time. And she's messed up. She looks like she's been beaten and she's being beat up against the camera on her phone. On her desk, right? Yeah. And she's, she's like distorting in and out of the background. Um, which I feel like it, for those of us who are so familiar with video conferencing during this for work, it's so familiar that like that digital static glitch of coming, yeah, of coming in and out of a background, horrifying. Yes, effective. So horrifying, so effective. Um, and so shortly after that, one of the other people and her boyfriend, who was kind of in the background the whole time, not really participating in a different room, mm-hmm. are also. murdered i guess you could say afflicted by a spirit oh the one who's in her kitchen and then her boyfriend she's like why did he leave his phone that one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so basically one by one the people in the zoom call are getting picked off essentially yeah so someone is dropped um and then the one, or the one person you already mentioned has her face beat on the computer, mm-hmm. and then pretty much we're down to the two friends. Well, I think I even forgot to mention, at one point they get in touch with Salen through the phone. Oh, right. Salen comes back. Mm-hmm. She says, LOL, everything's fine. Sorry, I lost my phone. Yeah, I did not get attacked by a demon, which is what you've assumed has been happening, that... They summon some sort of a demon, and it first it attacks Salen, and now it's attacking everyone else. But Salen's like, no, I'm fine. So anyway, oh, someone's visiting you? Is it that Jack guy? And they're like, no, Jack was made up. And she's like, ooh, that's fucked up, because you know what? We were having a seance. I don't know if you guys knew. And um, if you just made up a spirit during the seance, then some random demon is going to come to Earth and pretend to be that spirit. And that's... All Gemma's fault. It's all Gemma's fault. And then the call drops again. Mm-hmm. 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 Presumably something happens to Salen. We don't know. It's off screen. We don't know. Which but we makes know it she's even gone. Mm-hmm. She's not helping them now. They're fucked. They are fucked. So yes. they all start dropping like flies. Spooky shit's happening. Mm-hmm. 
Haley, the main character, mm-hmm. runs into her back bedroom. Yeah, and hides. And meanwhile, Gemma, who lives close to her, is like, fuck this noise. I'm going to go over there to her house. Yes. Which, the only that's the only trite thing I will say about this film. is It's something that all found footage films fall prey to, I think. Tell me. And I, I think they kind of toe the line a little bit here with host because there's this sense that you're like, stop recording and deal <laughs> with whatever is happening, right? But I think in this instance it works because... She was communicating with Haley through it. Yes. And also, they, their only form of togetherness is through this video chat. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think you could argue in other found footage films like... Let's just use Blair Witch as an example, which is a film I love, and maybe like arguably the best found footage film in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, a good num- example for numerous reasons. Yeah. Um, and in which case, Heather, one of the main characters, is filming herself with the camera, and you would think like the camera's illuminating her face, therefore she can't see whatever is around her. Like, why would you do that in the pitch black? Because then, yeah. like, if something is coming for you like it obviously can see you because you're illuminated as opposed to the light facing the opposite way which i think is a shortcoming of that genre Mm. it happens all the time um and i think this is a little different because they need each other like in my opinion Mm -hmm. they think they need each other because they're communicating with each other and they need to check in on each other but now at this point in the film we're literally Mm -hmm. down to two people Mm-hmm. The main character whose screen is still recording uh, an empty space because she ran into her back bedroom. And then the other character who has left her apartment to go to her friend's apartment. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and we presume that the Gemma is who started all this shit mm-hmm. is the only person still alive. <laughs> uh, and so she gets into her friend's apartment. Um, and then, Teddy comes back on the line. Teddy, Teddy is the character Teddy, from earlier. He does. Although he comes back when the, the girl with the pigtails is still on the call. At that oh, point. right. Yes. The one on the cover of the, of the poster under the blanket. But she, he, his thing really got me too. Because all we know about him is that he's staying at his girlfriend's house. And his girlfriend's house is actually like her grandma's house. And... He's been gone this whole time. So when he gets back, it's at a weird moment where maybe Gemma is running over to Haley's and Haley is hiding. And the pigtail girl is the only one left. And she's like, Teddy, you need to get off the call and get out of your house. But he's used to how everyone was making fun of it a mere half an hour ago. If that. Yeah. So that was an effective scene, I thought, as well. Yes. Having him returning... As if, like, remember how we felt about this a half an hour ago when things weren't very scary? Ha mm-hmm. <laughs> ha! And then, of course, he's... A metaphor for the pandemic. Oh, my God! And then, guess what happens to Teddy? He dead. He is killed by a... Presumably... The thing that's been attacking everyone else. Because we don't see it in the attic, we just see its feet. Mm-hmm. We don't see it when it jumps into the frame and Salen's call is just like a a brief glimpse but Mm -hmm. now it's a zombie looking demon presumably which I thought was another maybe failing of this I think anytime 
especially since once you see it, um, it it looked very much like a person wearing blue makeup. You yeah. see what I'm saying? With long blue fingernails. And I thought it was more effective and scarier at the mo there's a moment where the person who's on the Zoom call has flipped the camera and they're the one who was obsessed with the face filters. And the face filter has picked up on a face that you can't see. So it's just this filter floating in dead air. Yes. Do, do you remember what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. That's that was the scariest shit I've ever seen, where it was like somewhere in this room it keep it kept registering a face, but you can't see yeah the the person terrible yeah that was yeah again an effective like use and nod to the technology mm -hmm. itself um, that was that was scarier than seeing the weird blue makeup zombie thing i mean again i yeah. this this film was clearly low budget and very effective but i always you know it's like the signs thing the in the movie signs it's all very scary until you see the goofy looking aliens uh yeah <laughs> let's not talk about signs <laughs> all right so back to teddy teddy's dead he's lit on fire yeah um, oh and... which was i mean that's i'm sorry but we talk about cgi on this podcast a decent amount and this was one of those things where clearly so he's lit on fire and it was it was effective because the distortion on it because it was a zoom call i felt like glossed over how that probably would have looked like a shitty effect in a real, in a normal movie, right? Yeah. In a non-found footage film. So I thought that was quite good. Yeah. I, I didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Um, so he's knocked unconscious and burned alive. Yes. Granted. Uh, and then the pigtail person mm -hmm. who's under the covers is the one who gets her neck broken, correct? Oh, something. You know, it's like, yes. All of them get their neck broken, and you have to assume it's because Salen says, oh, it's the spirit, it's a demon who's pretending to be the spirit you were talking about earlier. So mm -hmm. you assume everyone's going to die by some sort of a neck trauma yeah. because of Gemma's lie. Fucking Gemma. Fucking Gemma. Um, and then, well, someone, Emma, mm -hmm. is, oh, that's right, uh, the camera falls, the laptop falls, right, onto the ground. Oh, so you see Gemma, who's been knocked over by the spirit. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fall through a table. Yeah. And that, that one's pretty shocking. Yeah, Cause I you're, would I say. Because nothing's really happened to her. You keep thinking she's going to get attacked. She's the one who made the lie up in the first place, so she doesn't get attacked until almost the very end. Oh, Gemma? Yeah. Yeah. Um... That's, I, I just now noticed how confusing that is. There's a Gemma and a Nima. Oh, shit. Is yeah. there? Yeah. Who is Emma? Uh, Emma's the one who was under the covers. Oh, my God. Why? You know what? I was about to say, why would they do that? But now that I look, I look at the film, uh, the the list of actors, I they all played, they all, they're all their own names. Everyone's name yeah, I wonder if that's... The reason that's interesting is because of the Zoom name. Like, when you Zoom, you can see whose name is on it. I wonder if they were just like, for the sake of ease, let's not make <laughs> fake Zoom accounts the, for all the of you. The characters' names are your names. <laughs> yeah. um, um, it is also that interesting is that the spirit is 
Mm -hmm. or the demon whatever is the same actor in all of the frames um i guess not in all the frames you don't see the thing everywhere but that is interesting Mm -hmm. um so anyway we get emma thrown through a table she did Mm -hmm. Gemma has made it to Haley's home Mm -hmm. um she finds Haley. The moment where she's like, I'm going to go over to Haley's house and she puts on the mask and you're like, this is the first film I've watched all quarantine where (laughs) I can relate. I'm going to go attack a ghost, but I better put my mask on. (laughs) Um, which was a real, yeah, telling. (laughs) Um, she runs across the street. She's going to save Haley as she should because she fucked all this up. It's Gemma's fault. Haley, for some reason has a Polaroid camera. She's been trying to take pictures of the ghost this whole time. I don't know what she's looking to get out of this. I don't know. And where did she get a Polaroid camera? I mean, honestly. (laughs) So she is flashing the damn Polaroid at nothing, presumably. (laughs) Yes. And then one other thing that I think was really effective about this is Mm -hmm. when Gemma leaves her apartment, you get the warning that there's only seven minutes left in the Zoom call. Is it seven minutes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like ten minutes. The Zoom call's going to expire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, shit, this movie's almost over because none of them have a paid account. They only have free accounts, <laughs> which is so relatable. And yes. so you're like, oh, this is what happens on Zoom. What's going to happen? And then I think that's really effective because then, once again, it heightens your your emotional response so you're like oh no what's gonna happen how are we gonna end this and then it's very slow paced like as soon as Gemma gets into Haley's house the movements are very slow the flashing Mm -hmm. of the camera is really slow and then they light they shine a flash again and then the spirit attacks them as the call ends yes Oh, and then the credits are are all the people who weren't invited to the Zoom call. Yeah. Like, they scroll through the names. So ah! whoever's controlling the machine is looking for their next victim. <laughs> so good! <laughs> so effective. So that's Host. That's Host. 2020's Host, directed by mm-hmm. Rob Savage. Mm-hmm. 57 I, minutes long. It was, it was just... I take back what I said last episode where I was like, uh, an hour, that's too long for a short film and it's too short for a full feature. I take that back because in this case, possibly because of the format, it was the perfect length. Yeah. Everything, Um, I feel like one thing I can say about this movie, I mean, I can say a number of things about this movie, but mm -hmm. the first thing that I'm interested in is how effective it is due to its attention to detail and the things that it considered regarding the platform that it is operating through, which is Mm -hmm. Zoom. I think that that was just really effective. Um, And I think that there's a lot of nuance that people, like I said, I'd be interested to see someone who doesn't watch it would just be fucking confused. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what is this loop thing that's happening? Like, why are their faces obscured and glitchy? Like, all those Mm -hmm. things are so relatable simply because our lives, those of us that have been fortunate enough to be working during quarantine, um, and have, to be fortunate enough to work virtually during quarantine. Right, have been turned into a, a Zoom call. Yes. I um, mean, I, it's very so interesting. I, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that this scared me in a way that I haven't been scared by a horror movie in many years. And I think it's because of what, of what you're saying. So I, 
uh, I'm lucky enough to be teaching in a district where we're basically virtual until they feel they have a handle on doing anything in person Mm -hmm. here in Juneau, Alaska. Yes. And Juneau, Alaska Public City Schools, (laughs) (laughs) uh, we're meeting virtually. So we don't use Zoom. We use a different program, but it's very similar. And I literally spend all day on it because I... It's like normal school. Imagine normal school. You're going from class to class, but instead of going from class to class, you're actually going from essentially Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. Even during my planning, I go to a Zoom with my coworkers for meetings. And so all what I saw in the film host, it was not like, maybe it was more effective. If I was a casual user of a Zoom call, if I was working in person or if what I did on the computer didn't have to involve quote unquote face-to-face instruction, which it doesn't really because the kids don't turn on their camera and I'm not allowed to tell them to, which is fine. <laughs> um, Got to respect their privacy. I do. And so, you know, it felt crazy to spend all day. I know not using the word crazy. It felt, although maybe apropos in this sense, it felt so twisted to to kind of make almost a seamless jump from my day, which was looking at a screen like the film host to and then watching, watching the host. The host. <laughs> like, and my conscious brain understood that this was a, a horror movie and these were not my students that I was talking to. But my subconscious was like, Run as fast as you can. Yeah, this is happening to you. You are, this is your computer. My subconscious was like, turn off the Zoom, leave the call, leave the house, get away from this film as fast as you can. And it was so effective in that way. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. It was, it was, I was very impressed. Um, I also, so apparently the director, did you read about sort of like the first iteration of this movie? No, I did not. So um, he created a short video early on, and he was on a Zoom call, and unbeknownst to the other people on the call, he was investigating strange sounds in his attic. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, he was trying to prank them. Um, oh. oh. And they weren't aware that something scary would pop up, and something popped up, and I guess the video ends, and everyone is freaked out, and then it went online, and it went viral, um, which is just like, God damn, y'all, y'all waste no time at all. We are all suffering collectively. <laughs> Let's Wait, torture so our friends. The director, the, so the friends weren't in on it. No, not at all. But they must have given him permission before he uploaded the video. I'm sure after, when he was like, it's, it was a prank. Yeah, oh my god. Can I be honest with you, Harrison? What? I don't know that I'd give permission if one of my friends did that same shit. I'd be like, no. Oh, I would. No, no, no. But look at so, the success it's had. Well, listen, Harrison, if you're ever planning something like this, I'm either in on it or I'm not involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think it's it's a testament to his, him. I mean, it was shot while restrictions were put in place for quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed them all remotely and taught them how to do all their own stunts and lighting and use their cameras. Now, this, again, mm-hmm. I can't help but think of Blair Witch Project, how the three actors were dropped in the woods with camera film cameras. Like, let me just tell you, it's not easy to use a film camera Mm-mm. It's not easy to carry around sound equipment for however many days you're alone in the woods being dropped instructions remotely from a plane and someone you don't know and can't see 
is stalking you in the woods. <laughs> Remove that last part and you just described the television show alone, which, which is a TV show that I got real into during this quarantine. Oh, well, But yes. it, it's, it's not about spooky, scary skeletons and ghosts. It's about a living in the wilderness. Oh, well, that's also spooky and scary. It is. But similar to this, there is a there is a a dedication and an attention to detail that, that that is required of an actor to be able to take that on. So I I mean I think that just adds mm-hmm. to my appreciation of the film knowing that um, practical effects, like I said, were handled by the actors, mm-hmm. and in the and you know in the film itself, like a lot of that shit that we see couldn't be arranged without them having knowledge ahead of time of how to like mm-hmm. move a chair in the same frame as you with no one else in the house because you're isolated. <laughs> I mean, it's yes. just, there's a lot to be said for the craftsmanship of, the very simple craftsmanship, but effective craftsmanship of the movie. I mean, and this is like, just kind of harkens back to like how we feel about practical effects over yes. CGI and like an appreciation for... Mm-hmm. Um, and how well done it can be and how how effective it can be when you do it well. Yeah. Um, I... Also, I just love, I love that we're getting quarantine content, not necessarily, like, so there's, there's like three different kinds of quarantine content, right? There's content that was filmed before quarantine started, and it's now just being released. And then there's stuff where, you know, the actors are, they're, they've made some, you know, arrangements on the set and yada, yada, yada. But this third, this third genre of in quarantine production is so interesting. Um, Michael brought up the short film Mama Got a Cough, which was, I believe, even earlier um, than than this film. And, and it's it's a, like a short comedy. The girl from um, Orange is the New Black is in it. And it's it's a similar a similar genre. It's a genre. It's the same genre. It's like it was filmed all over Zoom. All the actors were at home, right? And the film itself is the Zoom call. Oh. Um, I love this idea. I love the the idea of being creative about the quarantine. Yeah. And, and not just being creative because that's what you have to do, but the effectiveness of making media that's literally about what we're all currently going through mm-hmm. in real time. Because here's what's going to happen. Like... I agree with you. And here's what's going to happen is Mm -hmm. after and dear Satan below soon, hopefully. (laughs) Yes. This is all over. Satan, Um, deliver us a vaccine, please. Yes. Um, After all this is over, all of the content we're going to be consuming for so long is going to be dramas about what occurred during quarantine. And let's just be honest about the fact that we don't need to relive this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if i agree i don't know i just i don't know if i agree i'm already like this was great don't get me wrong this was great but i have an appreciation for it because of the timing which is why i Mm -hmm. also think blair witch was so effective timing Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. that this is going like this movie hopefully doesn't age in a way that is not um kind to it but i just think of Mm -hmm. something like fear.com that terrible movie from like 1998 um that was such a relic of its time that it couldn't escape it i feel like we're gonna be stuck for three years with content about quarantine 
Like, and, yes. and I just, I've already lost interest in it and it hasn't even been produced. I get what you're saying, but I think that this is maybe different. I mean, fear.com being based on the nebulous dot com bubble that burst, right? Yes. Or this nebulous idea of all of us slowly getting access to the internet through personal computers in the late 90s, right? I think that I get what you're saying about this, I assume, tsunami of, of content that's going to be about the pandemic in retrospect. But I, I think just that by merit of what it is and this like worldwide collective trauma that we all are going through, it's it's maybe a little different. I'm going to be very eager, I think, yeah. for for quarantine stories. Um, I'm I am now. Who's to say that I won't get immediately sick of it after like one or two films? Right. Meh. <laughs> but here's the other thing: is like entertainment by its very nature, and like specifically maybe Hollywood is. Mm-hmm an experience that's designed to make us suspend our disbelief and escape the realities of what is going on. Mm-hmm. Like at least in a general sense, mm-hmm. that's like why people go to movie theaters is to get away from their problems and sit in a room for two hours and forget about everything that's going on. So when we're now thinking about how this is going to play out, and this is more of like a philosophical discussion than really a review of this film, but I think yeah. it is the impetus for it is like it's going to be very tiring and hard to deal with. And also just because of the nature of this shit in the U S where so many people are like leading themselves to believe that this is fake or that there's some sort of greater nefarious operation occurring. Like uh, it's just going to be a much harder pill to swallow. I think maybe that, maybe that won't, stay true but i feel Mm -hmm. like the way that the superhero boom has happened since like 2008 or when did iron man come out like 2008 i know that because i was working at a movie theater at the time oh Mm -hmm. the superhero boom and now everyone all we're thinking all we're taking in as superheroes we've had this conversation before about like Mm -hmm. what it means to have similar content constantly um Mm -hmm. and now it's gonna be the same thing with quarantine shit. So so then maybe to amend my statement, maybe there will be a couple of years where we're all fucking sick of it and we don't want to talk about it and we don't want to indulge it. And then there will come a time, perhaps when I'm teaching a generation of kids who don't have conscious memories of the COVID-19 pandemic. And you're going to be like, you lucky little fuckers. I need to watch nothing but one million films about my experience. <laughs> And the climate, yeah. That's what it's going to be like. Well, I can't wait, personally. (laughs) I mean, honestly, me neither. (laughs) All right, so let's get down to rating host. Yes. I'm going to go first. Okay, go ahead. Please do. They say without knowing their rating. You're right. (laughs) I'm going to give it five out of six. Tell me why. I don't know why I can't give it six. I just can't. I don't think it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I'm not going to, I definitely don't think it deserves a perfect score. There was some acting that wasn't <laughs> terrific, such as Homeboy, the one male bodied character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Teddy. The, Teddy. And um, I'm going to also kind of riff off what you were saying about the visual demon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I could have gone the whole movie without seeing anything and been so much yep. more satisfied than yep. seeing another fucking emaciated corpse actor jiggling their body around in a way that's skeletal and blackout contact lenses and I would have been much happier. You know, like, mm-hmm. the reason why, spoiler alert for our Blair Witch episode eventually, that I give it six out of six <laughs> is because... <laughs> Like, fear is induced without you ever seeing anything. And I think that's the scariest and most effective way to make a horror film. Um, Is to be able to scare your audience without the use or need of some kind of hokey um, visual representation of evil. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, like... am not the biggest fan of movies based around the idea that supernatural occurrences are limited to demons and angels. I think that's like not only really tired, it's really boring. Um, I don't believe in demons and angels. So like for me, it's, um, it's hard for me to suspend my disbelief in that way because it's, it's such like a level playing field for so long as to what we accept. Like even mm-hmm. watching the exorcist, like it's hard for me to revisit and be like, Oh right. All these people think this is real. And that's what's scary about it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like it would be creepier if they didn't say demon or if they didn't put this in the context of Christianity, because I maybe would have been more <clears throat> affected in a way that's spooky. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like as someone who, can attest to like hauntings specifically in my Mm -hmm. own personal life. Mm -hmm. I don't attribute them to any faith system. So when someone just hands you that in a movie and it's like, Oh, this is accepted as fact. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, first red flag. (laughs) Um, All atheists are going to hell. Okay. No, you've lost me. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think those are my two big hangups is some of the quality of the acting um, even though most of it was effective, and I am totally singing the praises of this movie, I did really enjoy it. I am giving it yes. five out of six, but it was not perfect. Yes. I I was going to give it a five myself, but I think in looking back, thinking about what you said and thinking about what we said during this episode, I think I'm going to change it to a four, and I will explain why. I thought it was very effective. It was it was it affected me more than any horror movie has in many years. I, it was very entertaining. It was very engaging, very intriguing. I have some sense, though, that so much of my adoration of it and so much of my enjoyment came from it being what we're currently experiencing. Like how a South Park episode is very satisfying in the moment because it's immediately about whatever's going on. But then you never want to watch it again. And you never really think about it again. Do you see what I'm saying? And I think Generally, that the, yes. Yes. The Host is an amazing film for what it is. But I think there's a couple of things lacking. Like, 
any sort of maybe it would like you're mentioning maybe the problem is like the ideological issues with the spirits in the film where you never really get a sense of why the main character believes in spirits like I guess I kept thinking that there was going to be some backstory there or maybe even when Gemma first makes up the story about Jack I thought this is an insight to how there is some sort of a trauma in this group to explain why six friends only one of whom is admitting to believing in paranormal things are so willing to have a zoom call seance like is it just because they're desperate and bored because of lockdown there's just a lot of things unexplored and i think in in one snapshot you didn't need to explain it right to enjoy it right but i wonder like i like you're saying about quarantine media in general i wonder if years from now i'll think i only really liked the host because it was about a zoom call and at that time in my life i did nothing but talk to people through zoom like literally we are doing right now right. which is the connection i just made because i'm a doofus and my brain is is like is like smushing reality and zoom together which again is why this is so effective and maybe in a couple of years i'll revisit this film and think this is very entertaining but there's not as much to it as i subscribed to it years ago do you see what i'm saying yeah it doesn't have a longevity factor which i yes. think yeah i agree with but overall, very clever, very enjoyable. Um, I would recommend it. Yeah, and I'm I glad, would definitely I'm recommend it too. I'm glad you recommended it to me, because that's actually how I watched it. And because we just reviewed The Other Host. Well, that's, I yeah. Is next go. week going to be the third movie known as Host? No, the, it's the third one is, wait, the third one is still The Host, and it's 2013. And it's a romantic science fiction thriller, which just sounds awful. And then we're going to officially change to Kayla and Harrison watch films with the same name and won't shut up about it. Dot yes. com. Dot org. <laughs> dot J-A, or I guess hashtag J-A-P-C-S. <laughs> Juno, Alaska, public city schools. Public city schools. <laughs> which is what you said. Thank you for remembering the name of my school district where I teach. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Um, yes. <laughs> well, kids, this has been fun. It has. Tune in next week. For the host, 2013. For the host, 2013. <laughs> what if we actually watched it? We're not. <laughs> Bye. Bye.